Three, two, one. Welcome to the Let It Out podcast, where you can let out your deepest warranted or unwarranted opinions. Today, I'm co-hosted with Nassan, and he's going to let you know about the topics we'll be covering today. Yeah, great to be back, Sam. For episode eight, we're going to start out with some political topics, including the country's public charge ruling and the planned deal to end war with the Taliban. We'll update y'all on COVID-19. Plus, we'll discuss Harvey Weinstein, or Harvey Weinstein and the perception of rape culture in America and some more, too. So now it's time for us to let it out. And I guess we'll just like get right into it before we kind of talked about platforms. Um, if y'all are looking for us, we're on Apple Podcasts. Um, just type my name, Nassan, N-A-H-S-O-N. Um, into your podcast, Apple Podcasts, like search bar, and you'll find us or let it out or Sam's full name. And yeah, um, so, so yeah, just to get through it, um, we're going to first, like I was saying, start by discussing the public charge ruling. Um, public charges, like um, as defined, are about immigrants, and it's about um, someone who is like a cost on the country, like they are a public charge, like they cause charge like they're a charge to the public like um they're yeah costly so basically the public charge rule will make rules and guidelines for receiving green cards more difficult for immigrants uh, factors taken into account prior to determination include wealth age educational skills english proficiency and health People deemed as a greater prospect for relying too much on government programs like housing and food stamps for more than 12 months are more likely to get denied for visas or green cards. And people deemed as a public charge be allowed to post bond to relinquish the title for at least $8,100. So um, basically, it's all just to ensure immigrants are like self-sufficient before they become residents um at perma- first permanent residents like, huh i said yeah before they become permanent residents or citizens yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so yeah um so it dealt with um some like backlash at first um it was blocked um and called republic or repugnant by a federal judge last year and the request for receiving uh granted um restrictions are allowed to be um, implemented across the country. So yeah, like the request is going to be granted and the restrictions are going to be allowed um, through the country soon. So basically um, summing it up, it means um, like there's kind of like a wealth test, like a health and wealth test for people trying to become citizens just from like the generalization of it, Sam. Um, how do you feel about the public charge ruling as as kind of like the gateway for immigration reform or just like the gateway for, like you're saying, people to become permanent residents? I think it's terrible. Or citizens. <laughs> I think it's absolutely terrible. It's, listen, I just became a citizen of these wonderful United States, right? And okay. the process started for me in high school. <laughs> I started when I was when I was uh, when I was eighteen. Eighteen? Yeah. Yeah. That's when the process started for me. 
I was in high school. I went to college. I graduated. I got a a fairly decent job, right? And mm-hmm. I just became a citizen, right? Yeah. So it took ten years. Yeah, it took just about ten years for for me, right? I'm not, you know, yeah. whatever your definition of delinquent is. I don't think myself to be a delinquent or, or somebody that's trying to game the system or anything like that. So, in the normal climate of trying to become a citizen, it's taking a normal person who was abiding by the rules and you know doing everything correctly um, ten years to you know get their citizenship, right? Um, mm. So, new restrictions <laughs> on getting your citizenship or your green card, whatever the case may be, in my eyes, sounds absolutely ridiculous, right? If it was that difficult for me to get it, I could only imagine how much more difficult yeah. it's going to be in the future. So my take on it is, number one, people come to the land of opportunity. They don't come here with $10,000 in their pocket or whatever the case may be, right? Um, for example, my dad, he came here with, he said, uh, $18 in his pocket. Right. He, mm-hmm. he had to he had to, you know, get the money for his, his flight, his visa and all these kinds of things to come and to come here and try and make it. I think he was working at um, Pizza Hut or something, getting paid two dollars and 18 cents an hour, something crazy. Right. And then if they were to look at him, um, given whatever new legislation, everything that's going to pass to try and um, restrict uh, people trying to get their green cards or you know, or to immigrate over here. I mean, if, if those rules were in place when he was here, he he would not he he would not have been able to stay here. They they would have shipped him out, right? But I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You you come to the land of opportunity. You don't come here rich and wealthy, right? It takes some time. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's crazy stories. You know, some people go through hell and back, and and now they're successful. And some people are going through it right now. Um, that you know are trying to get their green cards and they just lost their job and all these kinds of things. So I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's just another, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know where uh, American legislation is headed, but it just seems more and more that just just you know call a spade a spade. You don't want people of different you know ethnicities in 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 the country. Mm-hmm. You, you know you don't want them. Okay. That's what I think. It's, I mean. That's my yeah. Going okay. On. So, so yeah. Um, to some extent, um, it makes sense. Like you were saying, uh, America was for like decades considered the land of opportunity, and still is considered mm-hmm. the land of opportunity for people dealing with struggles, people dealing with like um, wartime difficulties, people dealing with plenty of problems, and adding more restrictions to gaining residency and citizenship kind of take out the idea of like you're saying the like american dream for someone from outside of the country mm-hmm. so yeah um i agree with you to some extent seeing more restrictions is kind of tough but i also see um it's pretty tough to um expect people to or like the country to be okay with um people trying to gain government assistance all the time so like um like the public charge rule is for people um expected to um bring in um government assistance like to gain government assistance for 12 consecutive months so like if someone is going 12 consecutive months uh, basically getting paid like um with like 
stuff like unemployment or stuff like or getting like food stamps food stamps are being yeah. part of yeah the snap program or something like that mm-hmm. uh, it's like more difficult for them to be seen as someone who's going to eventually um like get out of the situation they're in so um i kind of see both sides of it um i feel like uh, if someone is going to make it to america and uh like i guess if you want to say pay their dues um like the public charge rule isn't going to restrict them from doing so mm-hmm. it's just to try to filter out people and like you're saying yeah it's kind of true of trying to filter out people um, kind of takes out the idea of yeah the american dream and so on and it kind of makes it seem like america's only going to try to keep certain type of people or certain types of people mm-hmm. but um I, yeah, no, yeah I, it's 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 yeah it's 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 two-sided basically like um if the people are going to try to assimilate um i'm totally okay with them as far as like um it goes with somebody being part of the country i'm totally okay with plenty of people being added to the country as long as the numbers make sense and so on um, but just somebody trying to gain government assistance for an entire time as a public citizen um seems like too much it's too much for me so i mean as long as the program stays within um the guidelines of its current ruling being the 12 months um it's something to me i mean it makes sense to me um i want people to like if they immigrate to find some type of place for work and find some type of sustainable sort of living but i also see um it as like some people might be trying to just be part of the country and lack the like trying attitude to try to make something of themselves and might just try to only get benefits so it's 12 months um 12 months is some time so yeah i mean it's something it is 12 months it's not some time though. I know I know people I went to school with that were on food stamps for like three years while they were in college, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, given these new laws or whatever, were they supposed to pay eighty one hundred dollars? Like they were in college and they they, well, could, they could barely afford school. They couldn't work because they were in school the whole time. So they applied for uh, you know food stamps, right? Yeah. Okay. So are, are you are you telling me that that person? should be subject to a public charge i mean would you be okay with that like obviously they're well, not obviously, um, obviously i don't know obviously. i don't know what the ruling is for people going to school because school visas are part of immigration so some people receive like schooling visas and they are allowed to go to school in the country and they are exempt from any type of like um citizenship ruling dealing with stuff like we were just talking about but like um if somebody is out of school, um, sometimes they go back to the country they are from. Sometimes they only go to the country for schooling and they find the job they are looking for um, in some different country or back in their home country or so on. So, yeah, so, so this, is only, it, this, this only applies situational. to situational. only applies to immigrants, right? It's situational. <laughs> it only applies to immigrants yeah. that, that do not have a status of a, of a green card or. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, once some, if somebody's a born citizen, they're a lifelong citizen. Yeah, no, no, I, I got that. I mean, I guess eh, I don't know. I was, I was reflecting on my story, but yeah, no. Uh, I mean, 
I mean, in that respect, yes, but at the same time, it's just, I don't know, it's just a little bit difficult. Yeah, yeah, I see it, especially um, when it comes to people dealing with difficulties. It's it's tough to turn someone away if they're dealing with so much, but um, it's, yeah, it's a public relations affair, and it's, it's so much, like, about, like, um, dealing with conflict and dealing with like uh, certain situations outside of the U.S.'s control. So like the U.S. is just trying to at least make some type of initial um, stance on keeping too many people from gaining governmental assistance. Yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense to me if um, I were put in the situation and I felt like too many people were getting governmental assistance, I would try to um spur them like spurn them into um trying to get off of the assistance to try to become self-sufficient in some type of way and i feel like the like base of the rule like the intention of the rule is to try to um spurn people to become more self-sufficient so yeah all right so um for our second political topic I'm just going to briefly discuss the U.S. Uh, signing a deal with the Taliban to maybe soon put an end to the longest ongoing overseas dispute or war in U.S. history. So um, on Saturday, February 29th, the U.S. signed a deal with the Taliban to end the longest war in U.S. history, like the Middle East War, basically. deal is set to remove all U.S. troops over the next 14 months. So if it goes through, like if it goes to plan, um, after one year and two months, all U.S. troops are supposed to be removed from the Middle East with the, Tal- the Taliban um, pledge to work out a political deal with the Afghan government to stop them from being a sanctuary for terrorists. Um, the deal is set immediately to remove about 4,000 troops with the prospect of full troop withdrawal to occur by like i was saying june 2021 so with the taliban pledge to stop planning to attack the u.s and his allies uh, basically um, if the taliban promises to to like ceasefire promises permanent ceasefire and to secure their power sharing deal with the afghan government so if the taliban cooperates and they stop planning to attack the u.s and they um make out some deals with the afghan government the war in iraq and like the war the like middle eastern war uh, is going to be over so i mean it's the longest ongoing war the longest ongoing u.s war of all time so um it's been going on for seems like most of my life and um yeah, I'm glad some type of deal was made for it to presumably end soon. How do you feel about it maybe going to be over uh, within, like, the next year or so? Um, I think it's great, man. Um, I have family that's in the military, and I really don't need any, uh, like, chance of them going over. I, I don't need that in my in my heart, you know. I, I don't want to sit here and just be worried about having the possibility of one of your, you know your close family members having to go and 
fight a war, right? Like, or, or go mm -hmm. and be in yeah. some kind of dangerous situation. Go overseas to, yeah. yeah, exactly. So for me, yeah, it's perfect. I just, yeah. I mean, I wish okay. everybody could just be happy. I can just have world peace or whatever the case may be. It just seems ridiculous to be fighting over. Yeah. I don't even know what they're fighting over, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, initially it was the war on terrorism to stop terrorism and so on. And, um, like, I rarely keep up with it. Uh, but uh, I presume plenty of it um, deals, deals with just, like, um all of the conflict going on like in the Middle East and stuff and the U.S. being kind of caught up in it and the Taliban being an imminent threat if left alone and so on. So, uh -huh. yeah, I just, I'm, I just think I'm it's glad that, it's... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, I'm glad it's um, supposedly going to be over soon. As long as, yeah, all parties cooperate. Yeah, no, I'm glad with it too. I mean, most of that stuff is... I feel like it's all based on business and money and all these kinds of like hidden, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like hidden agendas. Hidden and agendas stuff. and things like all these wars. So uh, I'm a I'm a conspiracy theorist to a degree. So anytime I hear about a war, I just think about you know who is going to benefit from this. You know, what kind of money is going to be made and uh, like it, it just never really war never really makes sense. In a yeah. in a logical standpoint, right? Unless there's yeah. unless there's something, um, I guess, some incentive to go out yeah. and and you know die, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, senseless killing is genocide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, um, glad it's almost over. Uh, we might keep y'all updated um, if any news comes up on it. So yeah. Um, I'm ready to go on to some more COVID-19, Sam. How about yourself? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about this coronavirus, man. Yeah, we've been talking about it for maybe five weeks or so, since, like, the beginning of February or right before. It's been, like, all of February. Yeah. It's been part of the news. So the totals went up. So the total number of cases is up to 87,000 um, worldwide. Um, it's gone on to six continents out of seven. Um, Antarctica is the only remaining continent. Um, yeah, with zero cases as expected. My, just bought my plane ticket, man. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gone. And okay, and the the death total is up to like three thousand or so. Um, so overall, um, like racially, like rationally, maybe or like as far as rates go. Um, the decline of cases is kind of obvious. Like from from February 9th to 16th, um, there was a rate increase actually of 78 percent. But after it's gone down like drastically. It's from the 16th to the 23rd of February. Like I was saying, it dropped from 78 percent, like I was saying, to 17 percent. And from the 23rd to like the first, today's the first for us. Um, the case rate fell to 13%. So it's slowing down as far as like numbers go of official statistics. And the rate started to fall um, basically three weeks ago. It started to fall, fall very fast. Um, but the death, like the totality of death, like mm -hmm. um, as far as total numbers go, the death 
toll has been pretty consistent with about like 600 to 800 deaths being attributed per week. Um, I figure some cases are kind of like long lasting cases. So um, the death toll um, is kind of going to be different. Like more cases might pop up, but people are probably going to be dying from cases from weeks past and so on. So the death toll um, might stay more consistent if the um, case rate continues to decrease okay so and, and, um, and how many how many people yeah. did you say died so far it's like three thousand three thousand people have died yeah and how long has the virus been known um, about it, um well it's been known about since the end of last year like december of last year and december it's become prominent year. since like the end of january early february so about two of this year so about two months it's been like yeah it's been like I guess so. Mainly one month. It's really kind of only been one month one since month. it was big. Yeah. So, since so you were let's, like say, talking about it. let's say 3,000 people a month die. Yeah. 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 Are you going to run some numbers? Yeah. Let's just run some numbers. That's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 3,000, right? So, 12 months, a year, 3,600 people. 36,000 people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's a big number, right? Uh, to put that Total, in, yeah. yeah, to put that in comparison um, to the flu, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know how many people die from the flu each year? Is it like eighty thousand? Yeah, close. It's fifty-six thousand. Okay. Yeah. So. No. Yeah, it's obviously the death. I mean, the death toll may be going up um, <laughs> as people die, obviously. Um, so I would, I'm more curious to see how close this is to the flu, right? Death yeah, toll. As far as, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, as, as, as we progress along, because if it is, if less people are dying from this than the flu, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, coronavirus is anything you should be concerned about or something you shouldn't be concerned about, but. I'm just saying comparatively to something that we yeah. know about and have, you know, a, uh, what's it called, basically? A, fast, yeah, fast knowledge of? or No, not a fast knowledge. We have immunization for the, the flu, oh, yeah. right? So people, yeah. we have immunization for the flu and people are still dying. About 60,000 a year are still dying. Yeah. So I'm curious to see that. I mean, I'm not curious to see, you know, death isn't anything to be, you know, played with, but uh, I'm curious to see how the numbers add up once, as, as the... How's the coronavirus, you know, produces? Yeah. yeah. So um, some fear is spreading um, of it actually spreading through Southeast Asia. Um, so like um, more numbers might pop up if uh, more people were reported. Um, in the U.S. actually picked up its first case of a person outside of an outbreak area. So um, the CDC was saying they expect um, COVID-19 to spread through the U.S. pretty soon. Um, they were saying it on Tuesday the 25th. So um, it's becoming like I was saying maybe last week or the week before I was saying it's already a pandemic. It's already a pandemic and it might become a global epidemic. Like so far it's just been an epidemic for Wuhan. An epidemic means like it's like concentrated, like um, it's becoming widespread um, and like uh, highly populous maybe like density wise uh, um, but like a pandemic means it's spreading to different like countries and different continents and like I was saying since it's already made it to six continents it's already 
a pandemic. And on Monday, the 24th, the White House requested $1.25 billion towards emergency preparation to stop it from spreading. So um, the $1.25 billion uh, would presumably be part of trying to um, keep it from, yeah, getting to the masses um, to slow down the process of it um, spreading. The U.S. is trying out the drug Remdesivir. Uh, since it's been up and running in China for like two weeks, mm. the drug blocks the activity of COVID-19 in cells and is the only trial with any expectation of like substantial success. And um, okay. maybe like two or three episodes. Also, I was talking about the company Moderna. Mm -hmm. They are still trying to create the vaccine very quickly and they are ready to start making tests within the coming months. Like I was saying before. The vaccine was made to replicate the RNA of COVID-19. So um, if someone were given the vaccine, it would replicate the RNA and it would be like a different process as opposed to like um, someone being given like a dead virus. So Moderna is set to start its vaccine testing on humans um, sometime soon. Maybe it already started. Um, it is still maybe going to take up to 18 months for any type of serious vaccine to be used on people like regularly to be finalized. Um, but it only took 42 days for Moderna to, and Moderna, um, Moderna's a, where, where's Moderna based out of? Where are they? I believe it's out of Asia somewhere. Oh, they're, Probably uh, China. Somewhere, oh, they're somewhere in China. I believe so. Yeah. Hmm. I might be wrong. What's um, the vaccine? So, the vaccine. <laughs> I was just going to say, it only took 42 days for them to complete it as far as, like, getting it ready for testing. Oh, wow. So it's moving really fast. Um, so, yeah, um, I crunched some numbers, too. Basically, I figured um, the spread of it or, like, the speed at which it's going to spread is based upon population density. So, like, as far as, like, population density goes... If some place is more clustered or more dense populously, it's easier for like a virus or bacteria or stuff of like the same sort to spread. So like for the Diamond Princess cruise ship, the cruise ship um, left at bay, the cruise ship left out on the water, um, it included like 3,700 members and 700 cases um, like came out of the 3,700 members and five deaths um, were also attributed to like the quarantine of the ship. So um, the size of the diamond princess is like um, makes it so like with the 3,000 uh, people, the 3,700 people, it makes it so it's like 2,500 people per square mile um, with the size of the ship. Um, plus the lack of ventilation, it probably caused it to spread more quickly, uh -huh. um, making the number of cases spread rapidly. But surprisingly, the death rate is really low. The death rate is less than 1%. The death rate so far for us, like with the 87,000 cases, is like 3%, I guess. It's like 3%. So the overall death rate is actually higher. But we might still be waiting for some, like I was saying, that the cruise ship was only let out like was it two weeks ago it was like two weeks ago uh -huh. so we might we might be waiting for more so um as far as population density goes for the u.s it's at like 94 people per square mile so it's like 
way less. It's like uh, way less. Than, like I was saying, the Diamond Princess uh, cruise ship was twenty five hundred people, people per square mile, right? Um, so like one square mile, basically, if you were to be on the freeway and latitudinally, you'd go from um, one exit to the next, and longitudinally, meaning like east and west, you'd go from one exit to the next. So the square radius, or like, yeah, I guess you might call it the radius, like the square of four, or the square of the intersection of four freeway exits, it's like one square mile. So like for the U.S., it's like 94 people. So imagine 94 people walking within the constraints of like four freeway exits. So for the density of China, it's like 375 people per square mile. So it's like four times more. So China's way more compact. Like I was saying, it makes it easier for stuff stuff like viruses to spread. The population of Wuhan, um, the outbreak central uh, part of the world for COVID-19 is like um, the population of it totally is like 10 million and the urban population density is like 3,200 people per square mile. Um, which is similar to San Antonio, Texas. And only 10 U.S. states with over 1 million people contain a similar or higher population density to Wuhan. So only 10 U.S. cities are comparable to Wuhan as far as like population and population density goes. Like some places are more dense with way less people. Um, but as far as like density goes with the amount of people, um, very few places in the U.S. or even like Wuhan, and Wuhan's only like the ninth most populated state in, or country, I ought to say. Um, or yeah, I guess province, maybe I forget the official name for the country of China. Wuhan is just ninth as far as like cities go. Um, so the U.S., like I was saying, um, is way more spread out, meaning it might be more difficult for the disease to spread, and um, so it making its way through like Central America or the less populated areas of America is less likely. Like um, it might make it to the coast and the more populated areas, like it might make it to places like New York, New Jersey, Boston, maybe Florida, LA, San Francisco, Oregon, Washington, and so on. But making it through the entire country seems way less likely because um the population is way less dense. It's people see less of people. Yes. Um, yeah. Rhode Island, actually a very uh, largely and densely populated state. It's the um, third largest population density uh -huh. of the regional U.S. Um, got its first case. And so, like I was saying, places like Rhode Island might be more problematic to deal with um, because so many people are within like close confines. So yeah, um, overall, like I was saying before, I believe I was saying it before, I kind of um, didn't expect it to spread very rapidly through the US. Like 3,000 deaths even for just the country of China is like in the points of percents of people. China's got 1.4 billion people or so. So mm -hmm. um, 3,000 deaths is like as far as like totality of the nation of china is very small um so yeah i mean yeah. If, if if the death toll stays in um 
the four digits or even the three digits, it'll kind of meet my expectations for the U.S. All right. Yeah. Oh, and like to top it off, um, in episode two, we talked about the U.S. deal with China, the U.S.'s deal with China. And um, even with like all of the coronavirus stuff going on, China is still preparing to reach the billions of dollars promised to be part of trade with the U.S. Yeah, so, yeah, they are, not, they are keeping their promise. Country of its word. Of course. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, like before, we're going to be praying for it to get better. The case rate is going down drastically, or it was, and uh, maybe it'll kind of level itself out, and uh, maybe some more deaths might occur, um, unfortunately. But um, maybe it'll be contained. I mean, after seeing China deal with it, maybe countries are going to uh, figure it out more readily and more quickly. So The thing is, I mean, yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of things are suppressed in China because they're communists, right? So yeah, it's like, uh, are the numbers that they're presenting actually true? There's no way for us to know. Okay. Right? This is the same thing with China and, and pollution, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's they were like the number one or, or number three polluters for a very long time before people tried to figure out that they weren't actually presenting the correct numbers, right? If I was yeah. the leader of China, would I want to tell people that, would I want to tell the rest of the world that millions of people have died, <laughs> you know, because of corona? Yeah. I, I would want to do that. I wouldn't want to make my country see well, that. Well, millions of people will probably be too obvious i know i know i know the cdc I, I, went I, and, and yeah and or not, I, 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 it's an exaggeration obviously but yeah, yeah, yeah. what i'm saying is despite the numbers i still wouldn't want to you know be 100 percent factual um especially the amount of business that we take in as a as a country i'd want to still i'd want to preserve whatever good idea of china people have in their eyes um so I mean I don't know how factual the numbers are. I just hope it's not. I hope that it's not worse than is. Oh yeah, and the, then it's and being like non-reported cases. Yeah, cases yet to be reported. I mean it might be up to six digits. It might be um, like maybe like maybe thirty thousand more or yeah, so. Yeah. I mean it seems like any more seems like plenty. Like. Much of China is kind of rural, so some might be going on in like rural areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, um, I'm guessing the numbers are at least kind of correct since more countries went to kind of like view it and see it happen and stuff. So yeah, yeah no, I understand. Yeah. yeah, and one of the benefits, I mean, one of the benefits with the coronavirus is stocks like Netflix and like DoorDash and these other companies mm-hmm. that just uh, allow you to stay inside they're booming because nobody wants to go outside <laughs> you know oh yeah <laughs> yeah i guess so and then no no it's, it's the truth and then stocks like um you know travel stocks especially if you look at like boeing uh, mm-hmm. it's down to the ground <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, first they messed up with their 787 max or 747 max and um mm-hmm. now the coronavirus is not helping that at all um but yeah, um, I'm just staying inside. I bought some. Uh, okay. A few of my friends are really scared. I have one friend that uh, he stocked up on soups and dried goods to last him a couple of months. Um, I don't know if it's that serious, uh, but 
Have you stocked up anything, Nissan? Have you, have you been stocking up on food? Not really. No? Not just, really. I'm, I'm keeping it the same. Is it going to ride it out, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Ride that thing out. Okay. Yep, yep. All right. So, um, plenty on COVID-19. Um, I'm ready to move on to our third topic, and it's on Harvey Weinstein. Um, Harvey Weinstein on Monday. Um, maybe y'all already heard of him. Um, February 24th, um, he's like a film producer and the co-founder of the company Miramax. Miramax makes like movies and stuff. So he was convicted of rape and committing a sexual act. Um, like just to catch all up on the Weinstein case, he was accused by over 80 women of various forms of sexual assault Jesus. and was even arrested for rape before. So with recent cases of men of prominence being accused of some or convicted of some sort of like sexual assault, like Bill Cosby, Brett Kavanaugh, George Tindall, um, and R. Kelly, uh, just to go along with like many people through the sectors of like public fame, um, the Me Too movement um, was created kind of to like bring the acts of um, like famous people, I guess, or just people in general, um, to the forefront and try to put the stop to sexual harassment. Um, and uh, basically, um, just to start it off, um, do you feel like uh, the discussion is bringing like awareness or like just like, I guess, like, the discussion of sexual harassment to its like rightful place. Do you think it's it's bringing like an end to sexism in society, or do you feel like um, it's still got some time, or more supposed to be figured out, or just just generally? You asking me? Yeah. Do you, do you... <laughs> I, I uh, there's no linear answer to this, you know. <laughs> Okay. I'll, how about I read some stats real quick? Okay. Um, one in three women uh -huh. um, receive some form of contacted sexual violence, like through their lives. Um, Ninety-one percent of rape victims are female. Twenty to twenty-five percent of college women are victims of forced sex, like just during college. Um, Ninety percent. Um, aren't reported. Um, rape is actually the most underreported crime. Okay, but okay. Sixty-three okay, percent okay. never being reported. I, okay, okay. If sixty-three percent is never being reported, then how did they get to the sixty-three percent? Sixty-three percent is never reported. Okay, so I, I, I understand what you're saying. Sixty-three percent of rape is sexual assault is never reported, right? Yeah. How did yeah. they get? How did they get that number? If it was never reported uh, for people, people reporting it after. So then it was reported frame for reporting it. Well, yeah. Or sixty percent. You saying sixty percent of rape that occurred within a certain time span? It's, it's never was, was it's not never reported. reported. So so like so authorities so, or is reported too late. So there's no rape kit or anything like that. That's what you're saying. Right. Okay. Basically, okay. Yeah. Not not. <laughs> there's not some wizard well, out yeah. there, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> saying, you know, just, just imagine ninety percent of crimes never reported or something like that, right? And then how do we get right, the, how, yeah. do, how do we get that report? If it, okay. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I got, I got what you're asking. Okay, yeah. but no, no, thank you for confirming. I was just trying to, I, I was trying to clarify for my own benefit. Yeah. Okay. Um, to go back to 2017, uh, uh, the four major like person-to-person violent crimes, um, meaning aggravated assault, robbery, rape, and homicide. Um, the rate of rape was the third most of the four, with about 41.7 being reported per 100,000 people. Um, so if you were to add the 63% of rapes, it was actually rapes um, specifically, I believe. Um, if you were to add 63% of the rapes to the 41.7 number, um, it would grow to like 141 rapes of women per 100,000 people. Um, so um, sexual abuse is rapidly becoming more of an outspoken issue in America, like I was saying, the Me Too movement. Um, so is rape culture an appropriate term for the American general public and like it, its attitude? Like, do you feel like um, rape culture is prevalent through America? Do you, do you think women are... Or just generally, rape culture is rape culture an appropriate term for the American attitude? I, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, is rape culture an appropriate term? I mean, if it's describing what's going on. I mean, if we, if we, if we, I wish we had a woman guest, like, to, to kind of get their viewpoint on this, but okay. I'm, um, I mean, I'm just saying, like, me, I mean, um, no, no, I'm gonna answer the question. I was just, I was just thinking. Um, it's just like, do we, do you think it's the norm for sexual assault and stuff to occur? Um, is that the normal circumstance? Or is it? I mean, I mean, is that is that is that is that the normal circumstance? Is it women? lessened or undervalued in society? Is it is it um, treated as wrongly as it ought to be? No, I think there should be more enforcement. Like, I, I, I think there should be more enforcement on, on on scumbags out there that that you know that are out there raping women. I mean, I know plenty. Mm-hmm. I, I, most of my most of my friends, I have more guy friends than girlfriends, right? And um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, at least in, in my friend group, is it's looked down upon. You know, it's very mm-hmm. I, it's, it's it's very disgusting behavior. I mean, to call it rape culture is just like, you know, to say, is this the norm? Is this <laughs> is this what women have to go well, through? It's, like I, I mean, was saying, one in three women receive some sort of contact to mm-hmm. sexual violence. So. Um, like set, one in three mm-hmm. is pretty high. Yeah, one in three is very high. I mean, but when they say sexual violence, I mean, what 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 are they what are they defining sexual violence as? Probably forceful sexual assault or yeah, at least okay. forceful touching. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. Nobody should have to deal with that, man or a woman. Um, yeah, so to call it rape culture, um, things that I've seen walking through. Well, I mean, my experiences have not seen that. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, I have, I have not seen rape culture. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been to plenty of parties and I've been to, in many situations, 
um, where there was, you know, a lot of men and women around, and I never saw, you know, like this this quote unquote rape culture that that people are, mm -hmm. are talking about. Most of the time, if um, if something inappropriate happens, uh, people will people will put a stop to it. You know, it's not something, mm -hmm. something that's, that's allowed to, you know, continue. Um, but, but at the same time, I can, I can see how, um, I think, I think the, uh, what's happening now is it's just a lot more awareness is, is a lot more light is being shed on mm -hmm. the, uh, on the situation. Yeah, like I was saying, like the Me Too movement. Yeah, exactly. A lot, a lot of light is being shed on, on the situation. So it might make, uh, it just makes you more aware of, you know what could be happening so i might say that I'm, what's already going on yeah exactly make you less likely yeah yeah exactly so i'm saying i've been to plenty of parties or whatever but now maybe the things that i was seeing at those parties maybe in my head i wasn't seeing as quote-unquote rape culture but now that my awareness is of you know what rape culture is and what that entails um, you know, people being touched inappropriately or people you know not wanting to you know be around other people um Maybe that is, but I, th I feel like the the word rape is just a very strong word um, to to, mm -hmm. to to deem it as as because that, that that's that's like well, you know that's the actual that's the actual verb of what's uh, <laughs> of the worst thing that could happen during yeah, a, dur during a sexual yeah, assault, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't know why they'd have to you know verbalize like that. So when you put that word in front of it, it, it makes it like this is the um, this is the most extreme thing that is happening, right? So yeah, you're see, exactly. Yeah. So this is this is the most extreme, right? Um, mm -hmm. Now, if you were to put, I, I don't know what other term you could you could put it on, but not that extreme. It's just like um, <laughs> with anything, right? So you're saying mm -hmm. if you just if you're just picking a term that's the most extreme thing that's happening, right? Then it kind of kind of makes me a little bit more hesitant to agree with that as you know what is going on right i'm not i'm not out in the streets seeing people just getting raped left and right you know what i'm saying <laughs> that that's not what okay. that's not what's happening right now right um so to to call it rape culture is, is is a little bit i don't know i'm not saying i'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not saying it's not happening i'm not saying that women are not being assaulted or sexually assaulted or anything i'm just saying that the term is is um is the most extreme situations kind of too forward yeah so yeah Overall, like I was saying, the um, number for rape cases uh -huh. is like point zero zero one for for people. Yeah, I mean, of, like, correction, point one four. Like, if they called it just just people, if they called it grope so what, culture or something, or yeah, I um, well, it was like I was saying, <laughs> one of three for sexual violence. Oh. So it's it might it might not fully become rape but it's sexual violence mm -hmm. i guess and it was from 2017 so i mean i agree with you to some extent um we were discussing homelessness last week and i actually see um a homeless person seemingly every day or every few days at least once, once per week or so it seems like so it seems like um some stuff is definitely more prominent mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's something to talk about if one in three women women are uh, being contacted wrongfully, um, it's definitely good to at least be presented and at least to be recognized. Like so many cases, like I was saying, seem like they are going on. Like a, I mentioned some names and so on. It seems like it's it's 
in the news of someone of prominence being accused of plenty of forms of like um, sexual promiscuity as far as far as like it being wrongful or so on uh-huh. um, at least recently so so yeah it's it's making its way um, to the front of the news pretty often so um, talking about it maybe um, we'll, we'll keep it from getting worse yeah. so yeah, yeah. I mean it was, it was kind of a tough topic um, but um, yeah one in three one in three was kind of surprising to me one in three women and, get sexually assaulted yeah. Or sexually sexually assaulted. And I mean what about what about guys? Do guys even report that? I didn't look it up. No. I didn't look it up. Kinda of look at both sides of the coin, man. You guys yeah, I presume it's less. Ninety one percent of rapes are to females. Okay. I'm not I'm not saying the rapes, I'm saying the the, the assault. Yeah. Rape is the most extreme, right? So <laughs> And yeah, I mean, as a male, um, someone might be less likely to report report it but um i mean maybe exactly. it's case by case yeah, it's case by case right yeah. yeah all right so we made it through our main topics and um, with pretty good timing um so yeah i'm ready to move on to our extra topic and it's on dealerships telling people to stop making car payments sounds kind of surprising but some car dealers are telling people to stop paying car loans to let their cars be repossessed to like afford them um, a different car. So, like, so the process is called kicking the trade, and it includes someone trying to trade in their old car mm-hmm. for a car of lesser uh, or like equals the value, I guess. The dealer denying the trade um, and then telling the customer to buy a different car. Then to like the customers, then to tell the lender of the car, like the first car, the initial car, um, to repossess it. So after the person um, buys the second car, they tell the lender of their like original car to repossess it, or they just stop paying for it, right? And the lender of the car to take its place um, approves the loan before. Um, the finalization of the person losing the second car. So the person gets the loan for the second car before the repossession of the first car. So they are left with two loans at first before the first car gets repossessed. And then after they just keep the second car. Um, So sounds pretty crazy um, to me. They kind of get rid of one car and keep the car. They, rather keep instead because um of any reason i guess um but yeah it's, it's actually kind of prevalent during 2018 over 300,000 cases were reported so what's going on um it's often a quick way um into like people just getting into a different car um but sometimes it goes bad with people being left with like multiple loans multiple repossessions or sometimes like dealerships even being shut down from like trying to convince someone and people suing and so on and so forth. Uh, just in your opinion, um, quickly, is um, the idea of kicking the trade new or like surprising to you? Uh, of, of having somebody repossess my car? 
so I can get another car? Yeah. Well, they get the car first. They get the yeah, second yeah, car they get, first. They get the second and, car first. And then yeah. let the first and let the first car get repossessed. I don't understand. <laughs> how does that how does that benefit the, the dealership? Um, the dealership just doesn't want to um, I guess trade the car. Okay, okay, so they're going to the same dealership. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. They just don't want to take the trade of the car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I mean I guess. Um <clears throat> I mean it keeps it keeps people paying for cars instead of somebody just um getting it repossessed like the dealership is going to be making some money um and it like if they just let the car be repossessed first it's more difficult for them to try to i mean uh, i guess i guess the, the, they're get a loan again they're just trying yeah. to grease their pockets i guess i mean because to take a trade in means you're going to lose money on the next car that this person buys right right so yeah it's just go go get it repossessed just stop making payments on it and we'll put you in a new car that that's more money for us <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yes. I don't know. Whatever. I never trust car dealerships anyway. Well, yeah, some car dealerships were caught telling people to kick the trade and then leaving them with both cars to eventually be repossessed. So, like I was saying, sometimes it goes bad um, for the people trying it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That that sucks. I mean, I mean, I guess that happens with people that are really anxious to get into new cars. Or I'm not a big, you know, I own my car and I work on my own car. And I don't have any, uh, I don't have any aspirations to buy a new car anytime soon. Gives me from point A to point B, runs great, right? I have no, mm. I'm not in the market for for, for car buying. Um, people that just need to be in new cars is just weird to to me. I well, mean, sometimes it's it's for a car of lesser value. Like they are paying too much and they want to pay less. Mm-hmm. So instead of getting it repossessed, they kick the trade to try to get in front of getting like a lesser car payment before they deal with like the credit backlash i understand that i get that i understand that wholeheartedly yeah. so they they want a lesser payment because they selected a, a a expensive car to begin with right mm-hmm. so they're trying to get into a, a less expensive car and they'll deal with the the credit stuff later right yeah yeah oh okay i, I mean i could i could vibe with that that's fine i mean but that only works the thing is it really only works in like the regular, um, like lower to mid tier car markets. When you get to higher tier yeah. car markets, if you're trying to buy a Porsche or like a, I'm not gonna say Range Rover. Range Rover is a terrible car. Um, like uh, let's say let's say a company like Porsche or, or BMW. Sometimes they'll they'll put your name on on a loan, right? For a car. Mm-hmm. And then. Even if you trade that car in, right? You're if that person that you traded it into defaults, you're still responsible for the loan, mm-hmm. right? So that's how they get around. At least in in those higher markets, that, that's how they get around losing money, right? In, in this case, you know, I think there's a story about trading in a like a, it's a Honda Soul or something like that. <laughs> a Kia Soul. Uh, a Kia, Kia Soul, right? I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's just like. So yeah. Yeah. Average, yeah, average car. This is average car. This is average car market. People that's trying to pay what twenty, thirty dollars less a month. I mean, uh, what other car are you going to get into that's mm-hmm. going to be significantly less? Like it, it's a Kia Soul, right? What, what, yeah. what are you going to move into? This uh, you're talking about a, you know, a hundred dollar, two hundred dollar difference in price per month? I don't think so. I think it, I don't know. It really hurts. Yeah. It really hurts the consumer. 
um, and it benefits the the dealership as it should. Yeah. 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 I mean, it keeps the dealership like if it goes well, it keeps the dealership with people paying for cars. I Absolutely, mean, and and most yeah. most people don't know this about dealerships. Dealerships dealerships have contracts with different car manufacturers, right? So Toyota, mm-hmm. um, you know, Isuzu, you know, whatever the case, whatever the car manufacturer may be. And the contract is this. Um, we are going to give you this many cars at this price or whatever, right? Um, and we'll keep it at this price as long as you sell this many cars per month, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people, there's, and when they say sell a car, it's not, you're not getting the, you are getting the full value. You get the, you know, the, the loan from the bank, that's given to this person you get to cash that in but um yeah a lot of people don't know that it's it's not even they're not making huge margins on these cars but it would be a very good incentive to not taking a trade right and get the full value of you know you buying a, a a whole car because i don't know if a trade counts as you know say you bought a a car from a dealership right and then I don't know if they traded in. I don't know if that's like, if that counts negatively towards their amount for the month. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Of cars they needed to sell if you traded in. So mm-hmm. if you bought a new car, it might just be adding to their like contractual value of yeah. cars they needed to sell. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe um, they turned down people because of yeah your explanation. Since they are supposed to like sell so many cars, mm-hmm. um, they want it to look like they are putting more numbers on the board exactly yeah okay so yeah kicking the trade it was yeah it was new to me it was my first time hearing of it or reading of it or yeah all right so um before we go um we usually end with like a tangent um basically um it's some type of like um just kind of sometimes off topic sometimes on topic just Real quick, like maybe subject or story or uh, just something kind of different um, for this week. Uh, mine is on um, the way people look. It's called my way people look theory. And I'm going to get right into it. So the way people look is altered and determined by the way people look. So people... Um, that look the same way at life may end up becoming more similar than most. Looking the same way as someone will give you the same perspective and maybe even the same type of judgment on what's going on. The way things change and the way life is affected is determined by the way you look when given the option to decide. So the way people look determines whether they might try to make a difference and be aligned with the people looking the same way. People's way of thought and ideas are likely to be similar to the people who look the same way as them during various situations. So obviously, people genetically look the same way as the people of similar ethnicities, but the way people perceive situations and form opinions might totally alter the way they look at the world, Um, the way they look forward to certain aspects of life, or the way they look at certain situations going on. So... Um, It might seem profound, but it's pretty simple um, to figure out uh, when given options and scenarios, the people who look the same way at life might pick up the same types of trades, skills, and techniques 
of going through uh, similar circumstances um, from decisions. So if you were to walk in someone's flip-flops for a day, you would presumably start your day out looking the same way as them, like down at your flip-flops or forward towards your path. Um, the instance of looking the same way of someone for even like one moment is like an occurrence of empathy. So then as the day continues, you'd walk a mile or so in their flip-flops maybe. Uh, um, you might walk in the same foot action as them, like you might walk with the same foot action, um, avoid the same puddles, um, and you might be wary of jumping right out of your feet's protection from the ground. So it, it might cause you to um, make different decisions, I guess. People naturally look forward to what is best to them what they like the most or what is most important to them. So essentially, if you look the same way as someone, you're likely to see things the same way as them, meaning you might think similarly to them and maybe them then might act similarly to them. So you'd essentially be looking at life the same way. So the way you look determines the way you look. Talk about the way you actually like, like out of your eyes. Yeah, yeah, because you might see the same stuff if you you see something going on. If you see the same thing going as on as someone else, you might decide to act the same way as the person seeing it. If I was like with you, yeah. If I if I was completely trapped in that situation, right? So I I have no option but to look the way that they're looking. Or if you decide to, want to like, um, some people react to similar sounds. Like you might hear something you like and somebody might also hear it and like it. And you might both look the same way and it might mean you two are both. I can barely hear you. Okay. If you, you hear something uh-huh. and you look the same way as someone. Yeah. I heard that uh, part. I heard that part. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you hear something and it's just my way, the the way you look theory, it's, it kind of unites, right? Like you might look totally different uh than someone, but if you, if you look at life the same way, you're very similar to them. Absolutely. I agree. Very nice. All right. So, um, I guess we're ready to wrap up episode eight. Um, any last words for you, Sam? Um, no, I'm all good, man. Uh, good episode. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, like we were saying before, we are on very many platforms. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so many. Um, we got, like, an entire list. Um, our Facebook page is starting to gain some likes. Uh, we want y'all to like it. Uh, we want your ratings, your reviews. Uh, your subscriptions on Apple Podcasts, your feedback, and so much more. We're just glad y'all are willing to listen. And um, as long as it goes well, we want to keep bringing it to you. We want y'all to be part of it. We want it to be like a cooperative ep- effort. Like we want it all to be like us. We want, we want it to be our podcast. Mm-hmm. It'd be great for more people to they give us feedback and maybe be on it sometime. We already got some guests for some previous episodes and some more guests. Might be pretty good for us too. Absolutely, yeah. Thank y'all for listening, and then yep. we'll be back. Um, we'll be back next week. Yep. Peace, y'all. Enjoy your week. Yep. Bye.
Before we go, y'all Anchor listeners get Mac Miller's programs.